Welcome to the For Fox Sake podcast. By the fans, for the fans. With all the news, views and discussion from two lifelong Leicester City supporters. It's your show, so get in contact. Make yourselves heard. What's your opinion? The only Leicester City podcast that's by the fans, for the fans. This is For Fox Sake. Hello and welcome to For Fox Sake. My name's Pete Selby. And alongside me is Mr. Rob Hayes, and it's the first time we've done this for a while, so instantly I want to apologise on behalf of you. On behalf of me? Yeah. Not all been my fault. No, but... Your voice was hurting the other day. Yeah, so, it was. So 28 days on, we're back together. That's true. But We're in the same room for a change, which is exciting. I've cancelled for like five days, you've cancelled for 23 yeah, that's probably true. That's exactly right, by the I've way. Got, I've got a brand new job, Pete. I've had a lot of change in my life. That's true. You've got a brand new job, so that's why it's uh, it's, it's all change, but not with for Fox's sake, although we do have a mascot, actually, with us. So if you do hear a dog in the background, then that's uh, that's Luna, and uh, she's uh, she's going to give her opinion on what's going on at the old uh, KP with uh, Mr. Puel and Mr. Vardy and Mr. Mares. No, she doesn't. Anyway, um, so we're recording this after... Um, Another famous victory. And the thing is, um, you, you play Spurs and you beat Spurs. And after doing what we've done at Leicester for the last few years, these victories, they shouldn't be taken lightly. No, of course not. Because they're a very good team, Spurs. They're a, a tremendous outfit who took us apart last time. We know the history too with Spurs, so we'll just we'll, we'll, we'll gloss over that because we all know. But... Um, they are a tremendous side, and we have underperformed in terms of results against the top six recently. I don't know how many games it's been since we've beaten the top six, but it's been uh, a while. First time that is since February when we beat Liverpool in Shakespeare's first game. All oh, right, of that game, caretaker charge. Yeah, yeah the three-one. Yeah, yeah. Um, when well, so, we absolutely hammered them. Yeah, Vardy and all that. Um, but so, so what I'm saying is that again, you shouldn't take these results lightly. The, enjoy it. Enjoy it. And as I said on the last podcast... Um, Can you remember that far back? It was a long time ago. Um, Leicester should be aiming for 7th. 7th, 7th, 7th. 7th, 7th. Because the top six have been and gone. Everton are a mess, and we might touch on them in a minute. But we are the 7th best side in this league. On our day, we can beat anyone. But we should be aiming for 7th. Seventh. 7th is qualifying for Europe. That will be a place in the Europa League. Fine, not a problem. We all want to go on a European tour again. The team in seventh right now are Burnley, who I think we play on Saturday. Yes, yes, Saturday exactly. three o'clock. Which, which I had no idea, by the way, until uh, I, I had to look at work. I had no idea who were playing. Um, slack on my behalf, I know. But we should be aiming for seventh. I'm pretty sure the owners are. I'm pretty sure Mr Puel is and all the players are as well. Um, and I don't see any reason why we can't get there. No, me neither. Uh, I like what you're saying about about enjoying victories like that. We can't let our recent success uh, make us sort of immune, if you like, to the to the quality of performance and result uh, that happened last night. Because yes, we won the Premier League, but uh, we that was a couple of years ago. We've had a, a couple of little rocky patches and victories over Spurs in whatever context, especially in the context of last night's performance for 78 minutes, uh, are are very, very well worth enjoying. Uh, and I completely agree with you. Seventh is is a realistic target. We've had a bit of a shaky start. 
a lot of teams. It's pretty, it's pretty much the top six and then whoever else, really. No, no, no pun intended. What? Shaky start. Oh, I like that. Ah, uh, see, didn't, you, you missed that, didn't you? I didn't, didn't even you mean it. You missed it. Didn't even Joe. mean it. Uh, Committed genius, you don't know it. I know. It's just hidden away in there somewhere. But, but you're right. And, and, and the one thing I'll say is because the top six are so far clear, it means that if you do slip up every now and again, um, then it's not the end of the world. You don't want to. But because from 7th to 17th is going to be so close... That, yes, you want to go on a run, you don't want to be losing games, you don't want to be dropping points against teams or in games that you feel that you should win. But if you do, it's not the end of the earth, and it means that the target of seventh doesn't go away. We are now sitting in the top half of the table before the games on the Wednesday. But it just shows you what could happen after one or two decent results. And getting a point away from home is not a bad thing. A bit disappointing against West Ham, and we'll, we'll, we'll touch on the games individually um, in a little bit more detail, but... A point is not bad in pursuit of that seventh place. And then, of course, you've got the fillet on the side of the Cups, which we're still in. I know we've got to play Man City and we know what they're doing and how well they're performing. But we've got the FA Cup, obviously, to come. But at the moment, it's all quite rosy in the Garden of Leicester. In fact, it's not even quite rosy. It's fantastic. And another thing I want to say, and this is uh, this is the thing that I've mentioned a lot of times before, and... It's the fact that we have this side and we have players like Riyad Mahrez and Jamie Vardy in our team. And I know they might drive us insane sometimes, the likes of Mahrez. And again, we know and we'll touch on Mahrez individually a bit more later on. But people like Jamie Vardy, we shouldn't be taking for granted. And I don't think we do. I don't think I do. Well, I don't at all. And no, I know you don't. No, not And at I all. know people who go to the ground and watch the games as well as obviously we go and watch the games and, and do our commentary on the games. We don't take him for granted. We voted him in that best ever Leicester side. We both oh, we voted doubt. him, and, and and the goal he scored. It's, it's not just the amount of goals he scored. It's the it's, it's the quality of them. And when we look back in decades to come at Jamie Vardy at Leicester, the goal against Spurs will be right up there on the highlight reel. What from last night? Oh, oh unbelievable! What, what a finish. what a finish! I thought watching that over his shoulder, I thought he was going to trap it. And that would have been a difficult skill in itself, and then sort of do his customary, custom, customary role yeah. past uh, low past Larice. But to take that first time, knowing exactly where Larice was on it, well, he's pretty much only a, a foot or so off his line, wasn't it? Just to cushion that, just so 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 good. It's, it's the, the the quickness of thinking, and uh, the one thing I say, and I've not seen it anywhere. Um, even a Spurs fan uh, who I know didn't mention it. No one has said that it's it's a fluke or he didn't mean it. No, he, I, he I've meant not seen every, that every yet. single second of but it. It was it was absolutely completely meant. He knew the goalkeeper rush, rushing out because he'd done that already, and he's known for that. Lloris is a top keeper. Uh, a nice little dinky ball um, from Albrighton mm-hmm. after a good pass by um, Maguire and. It's just a fabulous goal. And it's a part of Vardy's game, which um, I have mentioned a few times, but I don't think gets enough coverage. His control is immense. We've got two players in our side, in uh, Jamie Vardy and especially Riyad Mahrez. The one thing you'll say, it, it controlled for Mahrez is unbelievable. But they are, it, it's a real skill that Vardy's has. We all know he's finishing, we know his pace, but his control of a football is tremendous. And uh, that goal was just sensational. And we'll just go on to the second goal. Mares. It's it's classic Mares. But it was Mares of old. It was a Mares that was encouraged to shoot by 30,000 people in the stadium. Mm. And he did. And it was 
again, just sensational. Blockbuster, which goal is the best? Of those two? Well, which is which is the best and which is the one that you liked the most? doesn't have to be the same. Um, I think because it was a more difficult skill, I think the best was Vardy's. Because Mares cutting him from the right on his left foot, bending it top corner... We've seen before. I'm not. I'm not rubbishing it by any stretch of anybody's imagination. It's still world class to be a goalkeeper like Larice from there after beating a defender like Vertonghen. But Vardy for the for the whole act of watching it come over his shoulder, the awareness of the goalkeeper where the goalkeeper is and the control for the first time finish that has to be my favourite and best. See, I I'm picking I, the same goal. Yeah, I'm going to say the best goal was Mares. Um, because of the break and you had to cut inside and again you, you you having to bend it past not only I think it was Vertonghen who was on his side but also defenders beat the goalkeeper with pace accuracy I think the best goal was Mares and my favourite of the two I'm going to have to say my favourite was Vardy purely because um, just a, a matter of what seconds before the goal he was being uh, taunted we'll say by Spurs fans mm. with certain chants regarding the jungle and all that which to be honest I thought were quite tame really and it wasn't um, oh it could have been a lot worse it could have been a lot worse and to be honest it was a bit more like oh what should we make up and all that it could have been a lot worse and put it this way if Vardy was on another on another team it would be a lot worse from the Leicester fans so it was it was you put it down as a, re- a bit of a laugh really and so would Vardy but it was just whilst that song started he scored and then ran straight in front of the Spurs fans. Of course and, he did. And didn't over-celebrate, just, just ran past them and, and gave them a bit of a nod and, and a wink and then and then uh, gave it to the lads on the far side, you know, the Leicester lads. It was uh, it, it, it was superb. So I'm saying that I like the Vardy goal because the celebration was good as well. But yeah. uh, Mark, fa- sensation, and what a game. What a game of football. Fantastic. Um, I, I, I said to you earlier when we were speaking, or I said to somebody... Um, Probably the one of the best seventy-eight minutes of football I've seen us play in quite a long time. And then the last twelve minutes was horrible. Oh, the last twelve minutes! But that, that makes so, the game. Run. Oh yeah, it was brilliant to to come out of that. Everybody breathed a massive sigh of relief when the full-time whistle was finally blown because we hung on. We did we did what we had to do. It was um, it was backs to the wall. As soon as Kane scored, Spurs were like, "Oh, we're actually a decent football team." They remembered because yes, Leicester's performance was very very good, but Spurs. Some of their passing was very shoddy. They weren't as sharp as they have been. Their domestic form is, is in a bit of a lull. I think that's five without a win now. In Deli Alley is just off the game, isn't he? Yeah, it? It, it was absent, completely absent. They missed a number of clear-cut chances, which you go into against big clubs. If you're going to win against big sides, you, they're going to have to miss a few chances. Mm. Um, but, I mean, late on, they, they basically had five up front, basically. They, yeah. they just laid siege to the goal, which is what you're entitled to do and, and what teams have done all the time. And... Uh, the thing is, because we held on at the end, it, it makes it more sweeter in a way. Do you know mm. what I mean? You, you you walk out the stadium absolutely shattered because you've uh, kicked every ball. All the players ball. walked out of there well, absolutely shattered but, but as, as well, I've told you. The crowd as well because you've mm. kicked every ball, you've been nervous, you've been excited, you've seen two brilliant goals. It's it's just an, an amazing game. And I, and I said last season, the game against Man City at home when we were 3-0 up after 20 minutes and won, what was it, 4-2 in the end, mm. that game as a game of football will live long in the memory for me that was just unbelievable fantastic and this whole era will be defined by the Premier League win but that game against Man City was brilliant this game will be also 
alongside. Right up there, there, isn't it? Right there. Mm -hmm. Um, There you go. Fantastic. And and like I said, players back on form. Uh, Vicente Ibora, tremendous. Really getting into that role. What a a classy footballer, large individual. And we don't expect him to be all over the pitch because of his size. He's not that sort of player. He won a lot of headers in our box as well. Particularly second half. I think Spurs had somewhere near eight, nine, maybe ten corners. Uh, And especially when Lorente came on as well, they were putting balls in the box for fun. Uh, and Ebora won most of them. The amount of times that me or somebody else who was on commentary last night said headed away by Ebora was uh, was pretty impressive. But his quality on the ball is sensational. I think he gave away one pass all night. The stats might tell you slightly differently, like one or two here or there. But he's so calm all the time. None of it is rushed. None of it is is panicked. It, he's, it's like he's always got a plan in his mind. He sees everything. Uh, and he and he executes everything. There's one thing I've noticed, which it could be the stupidest thing I've ever said in my life. Careful. It, there's a big list. Uh, this, I was going to say, this is a massive claim. No. what? Um, when, and I think I mentioned it on the previous episode, um, when Vicente Ibora passes the ball, he passes the ball with a lot of pace. Mm. So if he passes the ball 10 yards, the person receiving the ball has to be really on their guard because it's going to come at them, even if there's no one near him. It will come up them at a bit of pace. Now, this is a guy who's obviously been used to Spanish football, Seville, winning things there where they, they can all trap it like a sandbag. It's 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 going to stick to the players. And over here, you know, he's, he's playing alongside Wilfred Ndidi, who's got many qualities, but sometimes his control lets him down. <laughs> he has many qualities, however. Yeah. But the one thing I've noticed recently is Harry Maguire, who is, again, a good passer of the ball, noted for bringing the ball out of defence, all that sort of thing. He has started to pass the ball so so fast, as in the pace on the ball. So 10 yards, he will fire at someone. He never did that before. He, he passed the ball normally, but now he, he's basically... I'm not saying he's turning into a borer, but I think everyone thought that indeed he would learn off a borer, and undoubtedly he is. But I think Aaron Maguire is. Mm. Aaron Maguire is coming out of defence and thinking, hang on, I'm Vicente Ibora. And he, the pass to Albrighton, the dinky chip over for Vardy in the goal, that's a nice chip. It's a good ball, but it's a ball he's played for years. Okay, Fair play, he's done that before. But what I'm going to say is the control is not bad because the ball was fired at him by Maguire. And uh, so, yeah, we've, we've got two Vicente Ibora's on the side. Also, they're not exactly too different in looking as well. No, they're not. Physically. But that's what Maguire brings you. There were, there were some grumbles when uh, when he brings the ball out of defence and a lot of people were saying, oh, he's lucky, he got away with that one. But he very, 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 very rarely gives the ball away. He he uses the ball. You would, I'd much rather see him get on the ball, look for a pass and fail once every 20 times than... than 10 of those 20 times just going long just trying to hit a channel he's he's a footballer at the back he he him and Ibora allow us to play a better style of football than arguably than we played a couple of years ago because we can build triangle 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 then release the ball at the right moment and that's what Pearl's trying to get them to do he's trying to get them to play 5 10 yard triangles inside their own area or inside their own half or approaching the halfway line then release at the right time and I completely agree. And it's going to happen, and it has happened, where he's been dispossessed and then the opposition have gone and scored. I want to say Liverpool at home. Was it Liverpool at home? Yeah, I think it, it's, it's led it, directly to a goal once yeah, this season. Yeah, and it, it? it's going to happen once or twice, and the crowd needs to realise that. And the crowd at Leicester, I've always referred to them as an old-fashioned 
crowd, which is a really good thing. Old-fashioned chants, old-fashioned um, like the effort. And, and, and again, a, a defender coming out with the ball and some may say dilly-dallying on the ball or maybe taking a bit too much time on the ball and not clearing his lines first. It's the sort of thing that a Leicester crowd don't like. Don't get me wrong, I love a big heave-ho from the back. Get rid, that sort of thing. So does Luna by the sounds of it. But um, we, we, this is a new style of footballer that we've not had for ages. We signed Maguire and we know what his qualities are physically. And we think, OK, this is just another centre-half, a big lad. But no, he can play. So we need to understand that. And it needs to be encouraged. But it also needs to be encouraged with a little bit of um, sense and players like Ibora and also indeed he dropping back. Um, let's just go for a, a few players. And there's one player actually who we can link to straight away. Um, and his name is Ben Chilwell. Now, Christian Fuchs was uh, not in the squad because his wife had a baby, mm. I think. Um, yep. It was, uh, which is quite strange because I was on the paternity ward of the Leicester Royal Infirmary on that night as well, but I never saw. Um, were you? I won't ask why you were there. My sister. Oh, okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Another Well, another City fan has, has been... Uh, Excellent. Yes. Well, Add, Adding to the, uh, adding, to adding the thousands. To the, yes, that's right. Don't tell a dad, though, because... My dad's not a Leicester fan. Who does he support? Man United. Oh. Man United. Don't tell him about Man United. Leicester fan all the way through. Luna. Man United. Don't you like him? No, you don't like him, do you? Anyway, um, so yeah, so obviously being born on the day of a, of a, a fantastic result. That's, again, that all kind of links. Another Roman. But uh, where were we? Christian Fuchs. Yeah. Um, does Christian Fuchs go straight back into the side? Um, I think he will, but I don't think he should. Unless Claude Pro, well, actually, Claude Pro has proved himself to be fairly bold in some of his team selections, uh, namely bringing on Hamza Chowdhury last night. Yes, uh, after naming him on the bench, which I thought was strange in the first place, but to bring him on, uh, so he's he's obviously not frightened to put his trust in players who he sees on the training ground, who he thinks can do. Uh, a job and have a positive effect on the team. Chilwell had an excellent game. He made some fantastic challenges. He got forward as often as he possibly could to support All Brighton. Which, and I which think, we know that Puel likes his fullbacks to get forward. Yeah, and I think those two worked like clockwork down the left-hand side. I think it was a very effective uh, way out for us. And also, if the central of the three going forward is going to be Inokazaki, um maybe Gray would be on the left. I, I think Gray on the left with Chilwell behind him is a tremendous Well, it's duo, proven for England under 21 isn't it? Yes, and we've seen it over and over again, haven't we, Luna? It's, uh, we, we've seen it over and over again that uh, that, that does work. I think he, he gets a starting lineup now purely because... Oh, I'd like him to. Yeah, because of the attacking threat as well as his defensive. And, and the one thing we've got to realise as well with um, the chop and change with Albrighton playing in the middle um, against Man City and, and also playing against... Uh, West Ham, uh, you got to remember, Claude Puel, he knows the Leicester side, but also he's got to experiment with players. He doesn't know that Albrighton likes to play there. And and one notable, um, who doesn't like to play in the middle or hasn't played in the middle before, he wants to see all the players. So he's going to name Chowdhury on the bench because he wants to see him. He's going to name King probably on the bench at some point or play him in the cup because he wants to see these players. So everyone's going to have their chance. I'm pretty sure on the first day he said to everyone, look, everyone gets their opportunity. I know some of the players. I know I've seen them at previous clubs or at Leicester, so he knows what Vardy's about. But everyone's going to get their opportunity, and I quite like it. Why not play or Brighton in the middle? Did it work? Not really. Um, the one part of Okazaki's game which I thought was noticeably good against Spurs was his hold-up play. We know 
what he can do. We know all know what Okazaki can do. But sometimes when the ball's passed to him, it can bounce off him quite a lot. He can not con- not, not not control the ball, but he can't hold the ball up as well as you maybe think he should or maybe think he could. Um, but it was noticeable against Spurs. He did that. The, if you're in that centre position of the three attackers behind Vardy, you're the guy who needs to hold the ball. That's what Mares has been lacking. Mares, when he plays in the centre, you look at all the world number 10s, the likes of you know the Messi's, the Hazards, this and the other. When you pass the ball forward to them and they need to hold the ball and hold players off, they're strong and they can hold players off. Mares doesn't have that. He hasn't got that in his game. The ability with his back to goal to hold the ball up and then bring even just a little layoff or then turn and keep possession of the ball. It goes to Mahrez. He needs to be on the wing. I loved him in the centre and I think he can do that. But at the moment, that's not his game. So whoever's playing in the middle needs to be able to hold the ball or Brighton, strong as an ox. So he's been given that opportunity to do it. Didn't really work. Okazaki, and it was just noticeable how improved he was in holding that ball up. And if he's that man to do it, so be it. Brilliant. Yeah, and he did his usual job of working extremely hard. He won his fair share of headers last night as well, which was pretty surprising because Spurs played some uh, some units, shall we say. They had Dembele, Sissoko in midfield and Dyer pushed forward there from quite early on. Uh, the two centre-backs he, he beat in the airboat a couple of times as well. He's, he's just properly put himself about and I think I think we've been missing him, to be perfectly honest with you. I think he brings an awful lot to the team. Um, and he made a massive difference, as did the rest of the the squad last night. Um, Hamza Chowdhury, just touching on it, is that the strangest substitution you've ever seen in your Leicester supporting life? Not really, because he was bringing on a defensive midfielder, and if you looked on the bench, Andy King, we all know... But Chowdhury came on to play at 10. Yeah, but he wanted him to drop back into midfield and be a bit more solid. It's so, a fair it's a fair amount of trust for a Premier League debut. Is. Oh, it is. And and I like it. I like it. Why not? And he's obviously seen him and gone, do you know what? He's looked on the bench, he's gone, Daniel Armati possibly would have been the one player to come mm. on. And probably the player I would have bought on in that role. But King, experienced, yep. Premier League player, international player, say to King, get in there, do this job. You could trust him. True, but maybe maybe he gave him a, a specific player to stand near and, and, and keep an eye on, and maybe he trusts him more than, than an Armati. But I, I think it was very, very brave. I do. I, I like it. I like to see it, but I think it's probably one of the most surprising substitutions I've ever seen oh, as a Leicester fan. It was, uh, it was surprising, but it was, uh, it was good, and it just... Again, it just it caps off the night, and he sent a lovely tweet out saying, "Oh yeah, brilliant to you know make his Premier League debut for his club and all this sort of thing," and uh, just a fantastic evening. Now, after the Spurs game, I tweeted out from FFS Pod at FFS Pod on Twitter. Uh, let me know what you're thinking right now, because you know you can be a bit sensible, uh, you know, after the game, uh, you know. A, a, an hour or two later, you know, it can die down the the um, your immediate thoughts, and you can be a bit more sane. Not like you when you when you pretended to swear on the on the podcast Twitter. No, not at all. So uh, the response that we've got. Uh, so I just basically said, um, reply with your current thoughts right now. Don't hold back. And uh, without uh, reading these first, it says. 
I'm very happy with the direction of the team. Uh, that said, I wish we could have played more positive football at the end of this one. Obviously against Spurs, my heart can take that. Can't take that every game. That's from uh, Pack again. Once again, hello to Pack again over in the states. Uh, Ibora immense touch of Vardy supply, uh, sublime, uh, and uh, all this without silver yet to bring on 2018. Keep going forward from Mark Perkins. Ollie Stone, Paolo Maldini is the Italian Harry Maguire. Love it. Yeah, I like that. Big as fan well. of that. Um, so yeah, many people getting involved and saying what they think about the game. Brilliant, and the response online as well was was tremendous. And uh, we'll try and step up the old Twitter game as well. So at FFS Pod, make sure you get involved with Twitter and on Facebook as well. Just search for for Fox Eight Podcast on Twitter. Click follow, and you'll see all the episodes and all the bits and bobs regarding the podcast. Now, um, I mentioned that we're in ninth, and seventh is the aim. Well, my aim and. Your aim as well, presumably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seventh is the aim for the season in the league. Uh, obviously, cup separately. So, the progression under Claude Puel, because it is progression from what we were playing under Shakespeare. Yeah, it is. Um, it's been slow. It's been since the game against Everton, because it was immediate against Everton. But since then, it's been steady, but noticeable. The one thing I'll say is, why are we only playing in the first half and not the second half? Because against West Ham, which is the first game we'll touch on, I thought we were a very good first half against oh, right. a poor yeah. West Ham. Yeah, very good first Should half. Should have been two or three up Yeah, if uh, if Gray didn't just turn around in the big mard when he didn't get the ball from Mares, which maybe he should have. Then he slips in Vardy, squares it, and Gray's not there because he's spinning around arms in the air having a paddy. Um, we would have been 2 nil up and game over. But second half, we were dreadful. Yeah, we. It's not, it was a completely different performance it was a completely different level of intensity it was a completely different belief amongst the players or lack of it in the second period it was just like all right West Ham are going to raise their game here Moyes had got them fired up the uh, the atmosphere seemed pretty decent there actually I wasn't there but I was watching it and and it sounded like for a change the West Ham fans were actually liking a bit of what they were seeing and trying to get behind their side um difficult time to play a team when they're trying to fight for their place under a new manager but we didn't attack the second half as we needed to, to keep them quiet. Because their confidence and their their sort of momentum could very easily have been knocked straight away. Conceding just before half-time was, was a big game-changer. Because it changes, yeah, but it changes your mentality, doesn't it? If, you're, if you it go does. into the second half and you're like, yeah, we're leading this, we're confident, we're fine. Kuyate scores what is a very poor goal from Leicester's point of view. Schmeichel in no man's land. Nobody taking charge of the ball in the air on the edge of the six-yard box. Too easy, in my opinion. So to concede a goal at that time, in that manner, may have knocked Leicester, but they needed to just come back out and and hit the ground running straight away again. And they just kind of sat back and allowed West Ham to to feel their way into the game. And we were under the cosh for most of the second half. We couldn't get out of our own half. No, and they played the right way. They played mm. the way of pumping it in the middle because they've got a big man. Yeah. Um, and Albrighton would be a great signing for them, really. Just, just get the ball in the middle. Um, it was it was terrible performance. Second second half, Leicester were dreadful, and they were lucky to to get a point really at the end of it. A game which we should have won. I, I think oh, we definitely won now because we should have been two 0 up. And if we are, then I, I think it is game over because the crowd would have remained on the back of West Ham. Mm. Um, so that was disappointing. But again, at least it was a point. Um, and then obviously we've we've played against Stoke in a bit of a topsy turvy game again, a game that we've been in front. So the last three games that we've mentioned, we've been in front and we've got a win and a couple of draws. It's um, is it 
because the players are just slowly getting used to the way that uh, Club Hurl wants us to play. And they're set up, they've been drilled during the week into the system and how to play. So they're hitting the ground running in the first half in that style. And then slowly it kind of wanes off in the second half and they go back to a style of football which wasn't um, producing any results, hence the reason that Puel's at the club. Yeah, I think there is an element of that. Uh, I think um, there was, uh, you're talk, talking there about not mental tiredness as such, but sort of it not being as fresh in their mind. But I think Leicester looked a little bit leggy in the last 10, 15 minutes last night. And that's purely because they've put in an absolute shift, every single one of them, to play at the intensity with and without the ball that they did for, for 78 minutes. Um I don't know whether it's a little bit of negativity on Puel's part, which is perfectly understandable because if he if his team are two 0 up with fifteen minutes to go, and he doesn't do something, either tweaking it tactically or bringing on a different player to try and shore up the result, then people are saying, well, why isn't he trying to make sure that the result's safe? But if he does do it, then people are saying, well, he's being pretty negative here. What's what's going on? He wants to bank as many points as he can as early on in his time in charge because that is what he's paid to do. He's paid to get Leicester City results. Whether the, whether he's been a little bit too tentative too early, I'm not sure. But, you know, Stoke and West Ham, we kept we held on somehow for, for a draw at both. Spurs, maybe this is where the tide turns. Maybe this is where they say, right, we are able to play at high intensity for three quarters of the match, but we're also able to grind out a three-point result at the end of it, yeah, he's. Let's think. Let's remember. He's only what five games in to I, his tenure. And we've only lost once to Man City. Yeah, everybody loses to Man City. I, I'm, I'm very and impressed. We were one nil up and hit the uh, one nil down and hit the post about thirty seconds before they went and scored the second. Could have been a different game there. Should have been a different game because yeah. they should have been down to ten men. Well, of course, yeah. Which but, which which a lot of people has have, have kind of forgot or not forgot, but they've kind of said, well, we probably would have lost anyway. I'm sorry, you play against ten men for pretty much ninety minutes. Mm. That's a different game. Would they have won? Possibly. Would they have won? Probably. No, definitely not probably, possibly. Yeah. And it would have been a different game because Leicester would have been fired up. The crowd would have been even more fired up. Um, the one thing with, with with Claude, obviously he's got his style, his mannerisms, very, very softly spoken. A lot of that is negative, you'd say, for the average Leicester fan. I think so, um, yeah, because is, we've, is, had, we've had a manager to warm to. Uh, people were indifferent towards Shakespeare, but we've, we've seen what... What everybody loving a manager can feel like with, yes, with Ranieri, he's exactly, a charming and, and, man, and, and also with Shakespeare as well because of his history at the club, and also he, he was um, he was very good in his press conferences because he was he was forthright, but also a bit of a joke as well, and he was good with the local media, um, and we all got behind Shakespeare, and and uh, we all will do again when he turns up with Everton, um, obviously not this season when if, we go to there if he does. Why well, he's going to go there? You reckon? Yeah, yeah they're going well, to. They've already signed Sam Allardyce and Sammy Lee, haven't they? Yeah, but he's going to be there as well. Shakespeare as well. Well, and yeah. Big Dunk they'd, and David Unsworth they'd and be, Steve Walsh. They'd be crazy not to employ Shakespeare mm. because, as we know, Shakespeare can be the, the coach there and he can be there after after Allardyce is gone. So if he's there for a season and they decide to bring in a young coach, a young a young manager, uh, someone could be anyone, you know, off the top of your head, then. Um, you know, Paolo Fonseca was 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 linked with them. What I mean, how they've not, why they haven't gone for him, God knows. But anyway, if they brought him in, Shakespeare could still remain, like he's, he's done at Leicester. But anyway, um, with Claude, I think it's it, it's because of his mannerism, because of the way he talks, his grasp of English isn't as 
good as maybe a lot of people would hope. Uh, we know Ranieri, it was the same, but again, he got by with his charm and obviously then results just kicked in. But um, I like him. I think he's good. I, I like the fact that he's, he's, he's quite calm. And also, as long as this, get across, this gets across to the players, which it should do, um, I like his record. I like his record at Southampton. Um, here in Southampton, fans and also Southampton-based uh, journalists or South Coast-based journalists talk about his time there. They're slowly starting to rewrite that season. Mm. As Claude Puel's doing quite well at Leicester with the tools that he's got, the n- narrative of that season at Southampton is not, it was boring and negative. It was, well, actually, he didn't have any players. And we finished eighth and got to the League Cup final. Exactly. Now at Leicester, and we said this when he signed, he's walked onto the training ground and seen Vardy, Schmeichel, Mares, and Bora, Silva, <laughs> kind of. And uh, <laughs> yeah. he's seen these. He's seen these players and gone, "Hang on, this is a this is a squad. This of is players. a team. This is a team." Yeah. And and we mentioned about the the team slipping back to their old ways. I'm not surprised because again we've got these players who have played for so long. Uh, players are, are ticking off milestones week by week. It was 250th appearance for Wes Morgan. You don't count the um, Charity Shield. Do you not? Non-competitive game doesn't count. Hundredth league goal for Jamie Vardy. Hundredth league goal for Jamie Vardy. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and uh, so these players have been there for so long. No way. Of course they're going to. Uh, there's no doubt that they're going to slip back into an old style occasionally if. Maybe they're under pressure through um, through the, the quality of the opposition, or just through being tired as well, mentally tired and physically tired. And uh, so, so there we go. It's it's going to happen. But I'm I'm very impressed. I, I like the formation. First of all, you've got to have a style of football. I like that style of football that is being employed by the side for at least forty five or fifty minutes at a time, and for the majority of the game against Spurs. I'm encouraged by the performances of players. There's some players, obviously, who haven't been in the team recently, and we, you know, there's question marks surrounding them. The Slimani, Musa, Iniacho, Penny for his thoughts. Yeah, not even in the squad. I'm not, not, I've not heard any reason why. No, not the club it, felt it necessary to announce why Fuchs wasn't in the squad. Yeah, it's, on the it's, Twitter, it's, I know it's happy news, but it's and they don't have to justify everything. But it was interesting. It took me a moment to realise why Chowdhury was on the bench. I, th- I, I thought, who's he replaced on the bench? Oh, there's 25 million pounds worth of striker missing. Yeah, it's interesting with um He might have had a knock, you know. With the yeah, you never know. I mean it's it's that injury at the start, look how Ibora's now kicked on, but mm. when they're playing one up front, it's some for- and, and obviously Vardy's fit and ready and he's always gonna start. Yeah. Hence the you know yeah, the, and he, the reason Iannaccio the reason is, on was was plain for everyone to see. Ian Atro needs to play high, doesn't he? He he we've talked he about He needs to play num- in the Vardy role. Yeah, we've talked about this number ten role. Uh, Okazaki or Brighton's been tried there. Maris is a little bit too weak for it at times against certain teams. Iheanacho's not your number ten. I don't think he's a, he's a stretch of the defence. He's a run the channels. He's a player yeah. on the last uh, the shoulder of the last defender. Touch wood and all that. You know, I don't want him to be injured absolutely whatsoever. No way, no way. But if if Vardy's not playing, let's say he's dropped for the game against um, Man City in the cup, and we're going to play the same formation. Iheanacho straight swap. For me, yeah. Uh, the, the the temptation to start Slomani, but he doesn't offer you. I think the, he rates Slomani. Yeah, I think he likes. But it. he I, doesn't offer you the same approach. We'd have to change our entire style of play to play for uh, to play to Slomani's strengths. He's not going to run the channel. He's not going to play on the shoulder of the last defender. We're going to have to build, 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 build through every stage of the pitch to get that ball to him. My uh, or one question I'll ask is: um, if you look at the Leicester side now, 
Okay, the the probable lineup against Burnley on Saturday: Schmeichel in goal, the two centre halves, Maguire, Morgan. You can have um, Simpson right back. Left back will probably be Chilwell, I think, because again you're playing uh, I hope Burnley. So. Uh, the two in midfield: Ibora and Luna. Yes, Ibor- Luna. Ibora, you like Ibora, don't you? Luna likes Ibora. You like him. Anyway, Ibora and Ndidi, and then you've got the three behind Vardy: Mares. Um, what are you doing? We've been attacked We've been by attacked the mascot, by, by, tail wagging by and everything. Fox Eight HQ's dog. Um, you're going to have um, you're going to have Mares. You're going to have uh, Albrighton, and you're going to have Okazaki with Vardy up top. Now, including the players in the squad, which of those positions would you want to improve on? And I'm not talking in terms of backup. So you're the director of football. And it's now January the 1st. Or you're looking towards January the 1st. Which of those positions do you go, we can improve in terms of a first-team player? That's a bit of a trick question, that, isn't it? Because I think there is very little to improve. I think most of those players... It's a difficult question. It is. Because you instantly look at the fullback. You look at I Simpson. Always, I'd always look at the right back, but yeah. then you look at Danny Simpson. Some of the headers that he's won, some massive headers he, against he, West Ham. I some back his stick, best season. Yeah, some back stick headers that that most fullbacks wouldn't be getting to or wouldn't be strong enough to get to. Positionally, is fantastic. Yes, he lacks a little bit of quality on the ball, but he's got so many players, that, and that's that's kind of why he plays on the right. Uh, alongside somebody with the talent of Maritz. If you played Simpson and Albrighton on the same size, it'd be a little bit unadventurous. But Simpson, whatever he lacks in his ability with the ball, he is our most dependable fullback for me. I think you look at the back five and you say no. No. I I agree. Ibora, no. Now, if you're going to bring in a midfielder, let's say you've got obviously a silver for someone like um, for Ndidi, possibly, but silver will probably play further forward. We'll have to wait and see. I'm thinking the three behind Vardy. Okay, the, the 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 not annual the, the the weekly player who either doesn't start or when he doesn't start people want him to, and when he does start and doesn't play well, we say, oh, we can improve on that position. Is Okazaki? You've got on the yeah. left, you've got a mixture of Gray and you've got Albrighton. On the right, you've got Riyad Mahrez. You've got Vardy up front. It's difficult, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Where can Leicester improve? Don't know. Luna, you're destroying the recording equipment in for Fox 8 HQ. Go and play with Philbert the Fox. Where is Philbert? Um, I don't know. He's ran off. Uh, Go and look at the uh, framed picture of Claudio. Anyway, so it, it's, it's difficult. So you're looking further forward and, you, and you're thinking, well, how can Leicester improve? Uh, is it just through their play with the players that they've got now? Or... Do we turn around and go? This is us. This is this is who we are. This is the team that we are, and we're aiming for seventh. And if we get seventh, then we can then move on from there. And it may be through we we improve the side through either players being sold to opposition, or players leaving to try and bet themselves, like a, a drink water, or or, or or leave for a, a myriad of reasons. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Someone like if Cash Michael decides to go to Man United to replace Dave, David De Gea, no one would begrudge him that move because of oh, his links to the club no, and all no. that. But um, is that the only way that Leicester can improve? Or do we have to be really ruthless out there and say, we all love Danny Simpson, but we can get a better fullback? Without being funny, Wilfred and Didi, 
good player, good young player, could be fantastic. Mm. But we could get you could get a better a central really midfielder. good central right midfielder. now at this time. Yeah, you yeah, could. exactly. Do we need to be ruthless? Do, and, and and more importantly, does Claude Puel and the football club need to be a bit more ruthless in saying these are positions that we have cover for, we have first team players, but we can improve and we should do. Yes. Uh, I think there's been a lot of um, media reports in the last week or so about a proposed, i put it in inverted commas, mass January clear out. We have got some dead wood at the club. Getting rid of those would free up squad numbers. It'd free up, but cash isn't really an issue. Go on in, let's name them. Well, we we talk about them. Moussa, yep. Benalouan, yep. Joa, yep. um, Slimani possibly, if he's not happy with the amount of game time that he's getting, King can move on. King, I think, is a is a one club man. I think he'll stay. I think it, I, don't I think, think it's up it, to King, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's King's decision. If he if wants he to said, go, and play, I want to go and play for a decent championship team or a, or Sunderland. A, yeah, possibly something like that with the links to the to to the former Wales boss. Possibly, I don't think Leicester would ever kick Andy King out. He's been a loyal servant. He's a very dependable player. He is a good backup player, and you can't have for squad harmony reasons. You can't have twenty two absolute world-class players. You need players like King who are going to work hard for the cause uh, and do their job and be happy to play their particular part in the season if it might not necessarily be 90 minutes every week. Um, who else? Again, like, I don't think Amati is Deadwood. I think he's got a lot of talent, a lot of I would, uh, I promise. Wouldn't, I wouldn't get rid of him. I wouldn't Amartya get rid of him, but, but no manager so far seems to like him enough to see him feature regularly in whatever position you think he's best in. So possibly he could be on the way out. But the thing is, that would then free up. that. But the, the thing then, you have to replace those players with players that are good enough to play in the first team for Leicester. And that's a difficult task because we've just highlighted how strong we are in every single position. I think you highlight it by the, the last signing. The last signing we made was Silver. Now we are presuming this player is superb. You know, it, 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 everything points towards him being everything, a, a, a near world class player. Exactly. Everyone, everyone knows about Silver and the qualities he's got, and hopefully he is as good a player as we hope he is. That is the level of signing mm. for me that you need to be aiming for. And and I wonder what Claude Perel thinks. I, I I'd love to think. I'd love to know what he thinks about certain players. Does he like Ndidi? Does he like Gray or, or Brighton? What about Okazaki? We know he's not played him for a while and then he had a great game against Spurs. Is he just rotating for the fact that he can see all these players and, and, and then form a, a, an opinion? Or I wonder what's up his sleeve. It's going to be very interesting in January. More interesting than it would have been with Shakespeare, I think, because obviously yeah. you've got a fresh pair of eyes, which is, which, is, which is really good. And also Shakespeare had a lot of loyalty to a lot of the players in the Leicester team. Puel might develop that loyalty, but, but Shakespeare had worked with the core group of players for so long, you would never have seen him. I think, I think you wouldn't have seen him sign somebody like, obviously this is quite drastic, but somebody like a, a Mats Hummels or a world-class centre-back to come in and partner Harry Maguire. That just categorically wouldn't happen. I'm not saying it will happen under Claude Puel because he, the likelihood is that he trusts Wes Morgan and absolutely he should because Wes Morgan is a very uh, effective player and a very good leader for Leicester City. But I think Puel is probably going to be less conscious of upsetting the core group of players in January which as you say then makes things pretty interesting so in the meantime we've got a game against Burnley we've got 
some winnable fixtures. We've got some nice fixtures, you know, the, the 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 ones that we all like against the big boys coming up. We've got the cup against Man City, playing well. It's um, it, you know, in patches, it's it's progressing. It's good. Everything is rosy in the Leicester Garden once again. It's and I think we could be the ones to uh, pull Burnley off of their self-constructed perch. Well, they're in our position. Yeah, they're in seventh. They're not going to. They're not going to. It's finish our seventh. position to go out and grab, isn't it? Yeah, fair play to them. If you're if you're Leicester, you look at seventh and go, "That's where we want to finish." Look who's there, Burnley. Great, fantastic, well done, Burnley. You ain't finishing seventh. Do you know why? Because we're we going to beat you on Saturday. Exactly, we're going to finish there, and. Um, it means I can wear all the stuff that I've spent a fortune on during Blue Friday or whatever it was. Black Friday. Well, Blue Friday if you're a Leicester fan, I guess. Well, it was Blue Friday with the club. Yeah. And Cyber and Blue Mon- Cyber Monday. And all that jazz. I I got I got sucked in. Did you? Yeah, the marketing worked. <laughs> I, I spent a fortune so much that it hasn't actually arrived yet. <laughs> I've got one uh, a parcel arriving today. I think. What from the club? Uh, no, from elsewhere. <laughs> no one wants to know about that. I need new work clothes with my new job. Oh, Look at this jazzy tie that don't, I've got on. Don't they give you like the uh, the aluminous coat and the big lollipop for being a lollipop? I'm not a lollipop man, although I feel like it quite a lot of the time. <laughs> Line up, be quiet. The world. Um, that's what I've heard, and that's what I was told that you do now, the lollipop. But yeah, anyway. I haven't been asked on to go on lollipop duty yet. No. Uh, so anyway, game on Saturday, three points. Yes. Same team. Yes. Yes, possibly same team. I you might even put um, Gray in for all Brighton personally. Possibly. It, it, but... in, in my in my opinion, the the team now would be the team that started, but I would play Gray, Okazaki, Mares as the three behind. My issue Brighton. with that is Burnley are an extremely hard working team, and Damari Gray traditionally hasn't got the same amount of work rate in him than Mark or Brighton. However, I will say. I don't very often give a special uh, mention to Damari Gray because I think I find him f- quite frustrating at times. But he made a sliding challenge uh, to stop Deli Ali squaring the ball across the six-yard box in stoppage time last night. He busted a gut to get all the way back there, run it all the way to the byline. How many times do you see wingers kind of give up a couple of yards short because they can't be bothered to take them extra few steps? He got the, If Ali squares that across goal, it's probably the third open goal that Spurs miss. I'm just thinking all Brighton's played... A lot of minutes against Spurs, mm. um, and then we're playing Burnley, who are substantially um, less of an opposition than Spurs, which is, I think, a, a description that any fan of any club, including Burnley fans, would would accept. Yeah, um, I'm just thinking, Gray, you're starting, but on the provision of you've probably got an hour, and then Albrighton comes on, just like that happened against Spurs, but the other way round. That's that's my only thinking, and also. It could be a real threat, obviously, him and Chilwell on that side. So three points, nice and easy? Not nice and easy, but three points nonetheless. I was quite pessimistic last night, even at the point when we went to, uh, we were, it went to 2-1. I wrote on my piece of paper, Leicester 2, Spurs 3. I really didn't trust oh the fact that Not we even were a draw. Get... No, Not even a draw. I, I, it just loss. looked extremely ominous. But uh, after last night's performance, I think there is much more cause for optimism. Uh, and I think we can... Do a job on Burnley. I don't think I it'll agree. be. I don't think it'll be particularly pretty. I don't think it'll be no. particularly easy. But I'm fairly confident. I am fairly confident. I was confident anyway. Even if we lost to Spurs, we're going in the right direction. And it's good to be back. We're sitting here in Fox Eight HQ. We've got um, pictures of Claudio lifting the trophy with the team. We've got the team with the trophy. We've got uh, 
Claudio with the uh, the crown on his head that uh, Schmeichel put on. And we've got the team, all framed photos. We've got programmes from Europe. We've got the Fossils and Foxes book there. We've got shirts and all sorts. And it's not bad, is it? It's not bad being a City fan. It's good to be back. Sorry that it's been a bit of a while. And um, what we want from now is for you to get in touch. Now, there has been a bit of a problem with the email. Have you been looked at the email? No, what's up? Well, it normally comes through on my phone, mm-hmm. and it hasn't in the last like week or so. So if you have sent an email in the last couple of weeks, then sorry about that, but it's not come through to me. I've fixed it now. Oh, you fixed it? Yeah, I have fixed it. Um, it wasn't my fault. I updated the uh, the Gmail app, and it basically got rid of all of the other account, all the email accounts on there. Apart from your main one? Apart from the main one, it got rid of the other two. Mm-hmm. One of them's for fuck's sake. So it, I've, it was. I thought, well, I'm not receiving any emails, and <laughs> realised because it wasn't just. Anyway, um, so you can get in contact with us at um, for Fox Eight Podcast at gmail dot com. So for Fox Eight Podcast at gmail dot com. If you want to write us an email about absolutely whatsoever, something to do with the club, the podcast, Luna, whatever, FFFs HQ, whatever you want, it, we can. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll answer it and read it out on air. At FFS Pod on Twitter and of course on Facebook, just type in for Fox 8 Podcast and you can click on like. That's about it. Um, obviously, December is starting. Now, we do have a competition, which you don't know about. I'm this is the first time yet, I've heard about this. This is um, exciting. Can I enter? What do we win? Uh, I have a prize. Have you got it there? You I, look like you're hiding something. No, no, no. no. Oh, I, that's I, a shame. I, I, I don't have it here, no. Um, it is... Uh, well, it's a Leicester shirt, basically. You've got a Leicester shirt to give away? Yes. Amazing. Tags on and everything. A it's, new one, this season? It's this season's blue home shirt. Nice. Why are you feeling so generous? Because I have it and I thought, you know what, what a great... Uh, we, could, we could have a competition with the podcast. All right. What have they got to do to enter? I don't know. So this is my this is my. <laughs> so thing. you've got a prize, but no competition. Every, no, everyone knows that we have <laughs> production meetings on there. Amazing. So we need to come up with either question and people answer it and then we put them all in the jar and pick one out boring mm-hmm. or we have some kind of competition where people have to be a bit more inventive mm-hmm. but then again how many people would do that and people might go oh I, I, I can't do that and then just not enter um <clears throat> we've got people just send in their name what what can we do oh <sighs> Now, we can think about it off air, but also oh. I want listeners to think. I thought you were going to put me on the spot then. Well, yeah, what kind of co- what competition can we have where the winner gets the Leicester shirt? I think it could be something festive. <clears throat> I come up with a, uh, a festive tune or chant regarding Leicester City, maybe. Possibly. And you have to record it and send it in so we can play more. Like, for fuck's sake, X Factor. That's precisely what I was thinking about not doing, purely okay. because there's not many people would do it because it takes a lot of effort. No, I'm just saying they could. That's true. That's true. Oh, you could do that anyway, well, even any, if it's not the competition. Anything that you were, uh, any ideas out there, then just uh, drop us a line. You know how to get through to us, and uh, we will have a competition for Christmas, and the winner will get a Leicester shirt. Anyway, that's it for Fox Sake, and we'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs>